Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. Glad that you're here. Uh, glad that uh, glad for those of you who are joining us online. Thank you for joining us live here online, or I guess you could be watching it later. I'm going to pretend you're all watching live and you're all with us right now. Uh, whether you're gathered here in the room or whether you're gathered at home, uh, we are thankful that God is the one that gathers us here, that by his Holy Spirit, uh, we know that we are kind of knit together as the body of Christ and that he meets us right here, right where we are. Uh, we like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We believe that to be true. Pray with me, will you? Father, we do thank you for that love that ran red, for the cross that you offered your sacrificial love on, Lord, for our sake and for our salvation, Lord. Father, I just give you all the praise, all the glory, for you alone are worthy not because of what you've done, Lord, but just because of who you are. Lord, I thank you for gathering us here this morning. Lord, we're not quite face to face, but we are so very close. So very close. I thank you and I praise you, Father, for the way that you are working in our lives, in this church, Lord, and in these people. Father, I just, I bring you this service this morning. For everything that will happen, for everything that is said and done, Lord, I offer it to you. And I pray, Lord, that everything that we say and do, not just here in this building, not just online with our folks, but Lord, that everything we say and do going from here forward would bring honor and glory to you. Be in this place, Lord. Be with each person, both here and online. And we love you, we praise you, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, normally we would be mingling. We're almost there. We're so close. But until then, wave hi at somebody across the way. And in the meantime, while we're doing that, Pastor Rich is going to come up, and he is going to bring us some announcements. We, just uh, by way of announcements, um, we'd love to connect with you, uh, especially for those of you that we don't get to see and we don't know that you're watching right now. So uh, obviously you can leave comments there wherever you happen to be watching, or you can go to livinghope.info slash connect and uh, let us know how we can pray with you, um, thank God with you, anything of the sort. Uh, give us some feedback, let us know uh, if the camera is blurry or whatever. Um, and uh, we'd love to, we just love a chance to connect with you. And that, that goes for those of you in the room as well. I know our connections sometimes are a bit limited, right, by masks and distance and all the rest. Um, so uh, please share with us how we can be celebrating with you or thanking God with you uh, or praying for you this week. If you're in the room, you can just grab one of those little green cards back by the offering box and drop it in the box. And if you're giving today, you can drop it in there as well. Or you can go to livinghope.info slash give, give online. Uh, that's a, an easy way for us to give. I'm so glad that our church uh, got on board with that a few years ago. Uh, because that is so much easier than, uh, than us trying to remember our checkbook every week. Uh, we never could. So um, now we can just do that online and not have to worry about it. Uh, I do want to make sure that you know the 6K uh, that's coming up in May. Tomorrow, I think, is the last day to use this promo code that's $15 off. So if you've been thinking about joining the team, if you've been thinking about uh, doing the walk or the run or whatever, however you want to do it, um, you don't even have to join us at the park across the street on May 22nd. You can walk or run right where you are. You can, um, and, and that goes for all of you watching online, right? Wherever you live, you can participate in the 6K. But if you join the team, uh, go to vampo6k.com, join the team. They'll send you the T-shirt and the medal and that little race bib that shows who it is that's going to have clean water because of you. Now, if you don't care about all that stuff, you can just make a donation. You can hit the support us button or whatever. Um, 
But I just want to make sure you knew if you wanted to join the team, if you wanted to walk, if you wanted the t-shirt and all the rest, like today and tomorrow are your last chance to get that $15 off uh, promo code uh, to, to do that. So I know some of you are like, hey, I've been thinking about it. Okay, you've thought about it. Now's the time to decide, all right? Uh, just go ahead and do it. All right. And, uh, and, and I want to make sure that you guys knew, I, I forget sometimes that uh, not everybody knows what's going on uh, during the week. There's a, there's a women's Bible study happens Wednesdays. Is it at 9 o'clock? 9 o'clock, and then uh, Wednesday nights at 5.30, 5.30 is just an open Bible study discussion. It happens right here in the, in the sanctuary. Um, I call it a Bible study. Some nights, some weeks, it's more of a Bible study digging in deep. Other weeks, it's you know, much more just conversation about things that are going on in people's lives, encouraging each other, praying for each other. Um, it varies from week to week. So it's a discussion-oriented group, and we sit all scattered out in the sanctuary, kind of like we are right now. So if you'd like to join us on Wednesday nights, we'd love to have you uh, at 5.30 on, on Wednesday night. All right, we are in this uh, Easter season still, right? Easter uh, was last Sunday, and we are still celebrating the victory that, that Jesus Christ has won over sin and death and the devil, the life that he, that he gives, and more than that, the, the fact that he shares that with us, right? He share, we get to share in that victory. We get to live in that freedom. We get to experience the resurrection life of Christ alive in us. Uh, remember last week, uh, I talked about uh, in John chapter 1 how Jesus uh, was the life that gives light to all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Um, and, then, uh, and then also he, he shines that light into our darkness, gives us hope, gives us life. And then he sends us out to be people who let that light shine through us. Uh, we looked at John chapter 20 last week and how Jesus was with his disciples and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And he like, breathes on them, something that none of us are supposed to do right now. But Jesus, it was okay, I guess. Uh, he breathes on them this symbol of breath, of wind, of life, the breath of God, the spirit of God. Those words in the, in the Greek and the Hebrew languages are all kind of interchangeable. Um, the spirit of God uh, alive in us, um, helping us to then go. And he says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you to go out to love as I have loved you. To, to let my light shine through you. We are sent into the world to live a different way. And, uh, and so today and the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about this, this life. What does that life look like? If the Spirit of God is with you, is alive in you, if the life of Christ, the resurrection life of Christ, is changing your life, is transforming you from the inside out, uh, then that's, well, I just said it, it's from the inside out. Uh, what The changes that God works on the inside of us, forgiving our sin, washing away our shame and guilt and all the rest, helping us to see ourselves as valuable in his eyes, uh, all of that makes a dramatic difference then in the way that we live. Our outside, our, our actions, our behaviors, the way we treat other people, that begins to reflect the change that's happening inside of us. It's a, it's a fruitful life. Uh, that's an image that's used over and over again in scripture uh, and that Jesus uses as well. Um, he says in Matthew chapter 12, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. He seems to say, you know, like, you can tell what's going on in a tree. If it's rotten, if it's nasty inside, the fruit is going to show it, right? Uh, if it's a bad tree, it's going to have bad fruit. If it's a good tree, it's going to have good fruit. And he's, he uses that to talk about us as people. He says, what goes on inside you is going to come out eventually. In Luke chapter 6, he says that explicitly. He says, no good tree bears bad fruit. What does a bad tree bear good fruit? Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So it just kind of overflows. What's going on in your heart, in your mind, 
that is going to come out in the words that you say, in the life that you live. Uh, my boys have, uh, I think it was two weeks ago maybe, that Stacy had them uh, in our kitchen with all these little uh, cups and planting different seeds. You know, she got a bunch of topsoil and got some, and filled the cups, and then the boys had the little seeds, and they got to, you know, dig a little hole with their finger and put them in and all that. And then they've been outside, and we just were checking, like, sure enough, there's little green stuff sprouting out. And they wrote on the outside, you know, this one's the green beans, and this one's the, the peppers, and this one's the, I don't remember what all they planted. But anyway, it was a whole bunch of stuff. I took some pictures. I wasn't in charge of deciding or buying seeds. So, uh, but they're all out there, and soon they're going to get stuck in these little planters now that we've got out in our backyard. Um, but we'll be dramatically surprised if the one that says beans on it ends up like a corn stalk growing out of that, right? That would, that would really surprise me if that happens. Or if the one that says this is a pepper plant ends up having like tomatoes or something. You know, that would just be weird. Um, that's not how it works, right? You plant uh, a bean or bean seed. I guess it's a bean is a bean seed, isn't it? Anyway, you plant that in the ground and up comes beans, right? You plant corn and corn comes up. We've got a couple of trees in our backyard that are supposed to be a peach tree and a pear tree, but they're, they're in bad shape and they're not good and we don't do anything to take care of them. So they have like, they kind of grow peaches and pears, kind of, and then they drop them all on the ground. I have to pick them up so I don't just squish them. Uh, lots of bees come around and you got rotten fruit in your grass, just so you know. Uh, but I would be stunned this year if that gangly looking peach tree uh, this year decides to sprout bananas. I'd love it. I'd rather have bananas, you know, but I would be very surprising, right? That's just not how it works, and we know that. Jesus says, what is going on inside of you, the kind of tree you are, that determines what kind of fruit you produce. And so like you said in Matthew chapter 12, you got to make that tree good if you want that fruit to be good. Now, um, I understand sometimes like hypocrisy is a real thing, Right? Uh, you've probably known people where like, oh, they put on a good show, but you know that they're like a rotten person, right? Um, just a couple of you nodding. No, I don't see anybody elbowing the person next to him, so that's good. Um, you know, we've all run into that or we've all been that at some time in our lives. Uh, here's the thing. Hypocrisy usually is pretty obvious. You know, we think we're putting on a good show, but really the nastiness that's going on inside of us, it always comes out. And that's what Jesus is saying. It always comes out eventually what's inside a person is going to reveal itself, and the outside will reflect the inside. A tree is recognized by its fruit. So we, as people who are following Jesus, we, as people who the light of Christ has shined into our lives uh, and, and has <laughs> cast aside, has overcome the darkness. The darkness hasn't overcome the light. The light has overcome the darkness and dispelled it. Now we're living in the light. Now we can see the stuff in our hearts and minds that needs to change. And so we turn to God and we say, God, please forgive me. You know, I've had that rotten attitude. I have had, there's been some ugliness going on in here and in here. And you're pointing it out to me. I see it now. When I was stumbling around in the dark, I couldn't, I couldn't see it. But now I see it. You've made it plain. So God, I confess that. I admit it. Uh, I've turned from that. Please, God, will you help me? Uh, to get rid of that rotten way of thinking? Will you help me to get rid of that sour attitude? Will you help me to get rid of that, that greed that has me just holding on to everything for me and fearful to share with others? God, please, will you, will you break those things in me that need broken? Will you, will you clean up my act? Will you change my thinking? And, and as God does that, I mean, he really does it. His Holy Spirit changes us, and it changes the way that we live. The people around us are able to see, like, you're different now. There's something different going on with you. You know, I look around at the other people at our workplace or the other people in our class or the other people in our neighborhood, and I see a lot of this and this and, eh, you know, I just kind of lose faith in humanity. But then I see you, and I see this is a person who takes time to listen. This is a person who cares. This is a person who has a compassionate heart. 
What's going on in your life that your fruit looks so different? And then we can point people to Jesus. We can, we can just let them know, well, it's not because I'm anything special, you know, because I'm not. You should have seen me a few years ago. You know, you should have seen me before Jesus grabbed a hold of me. He has been changing my life, and I'm thankful for it. So I want to point us today back to, to something that Jesus said in John chapter 15, where he uses this agricultural analogy. There's a, there's a bunch of these all through Scripture, right? Um, they were much more tied into the land and to growing things than we are. How many, how many of you are gardeners or have a green thumb or you grow things? Can I just, real quick, I know a couple of, oh, okay, a, a couple more. All right, all right. I, I, mostly folks uh, older than me that were raising their hands. Most folks, there are a couple younger than me, but... Um, I think that's maybe a lost art, maybe. I don't know if not so many of us are. Are you shaking your head back there? Does that mean you're, are you, do you have a green thumb? Or are you? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I was going to say, we, we, uh, we haven't necessarily picked those things up uh, like we should have. Um, but um, yeah, then you, you're familiar with it. But the rest of us are like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't grow things, right? This isn't, this isn't how it works. Well, hopefully we can, we can get there, all right? Uh, hopefully we can pick up on the analogy. We've all. I think we're all familiar enough with food, all right, that we can get there. Okay. So Jesus says in John chapter 15, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Now, if you've read John's gospel before, you know that Jesus is doing this thing. John always portrays Jesus talking kind of like in these circles almost. Like, and there's, there's all this imagery like, you know, I'm, the Father's in me and I'm in you and remain in me. And there's all this like weird, like, we're in each other? What's going on here? You know, that's odd. But... Um, and, uh, and he kind of talks back and comes back to the same idea over and over again. You know, remain in my love. Oh, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Oh, my command is this, that you love each other. And then he comes back around to it again. This is my command, love each other as I have loved you. 
It's this image of a vine and branches. And for me, I've got to like break for a second because when I think vines, I think like the junk I was just having to dig out of my yard yesterday. Um, we had to, because we're putting these little planter boxes in for those things to grow in, uh, I had to clear out some decorative grasses. And then those decorative grasses had to find a new home. And so one of the places was over here where there's all this like viney stuff that's just totally taken over this little section of our yard. And I was like pulling that out and hacking that out and trying to get rid of this, this stuff that's all over the place so that I could put this thinking decorative grasses over there. Okay. And so when I think vines, I think those kinds of things. You know, they creep, they crawl, they strangle other things. And, and um, uh, my folks live kind of out in the county area, unincorporated Porter County, and they've got all these trees, and there have been several times where my dad has been, like, pulling vines out of trees and cutting them off, and they're dripping on them to find out, like, oh, that was some kind of poison ivy oak something, and it dripped all over him, and he's covered in, you know, the poison stuff, and, you know, I think those kind of vines, or if I really, if my imagination really goes wild, I'd go back to my childhood and Tarzan and swinging from vines through the jungle, right? That is not the kind of vine that we're talking about. All right. Have any of you been to a vineyard or you've seen a grapevine or you've seen how those things work? I mean, the vine is this like thick, it's like a trunk that grows up out of the ground and the branches are like the things I would call vines, the things that grow out from there. Uh, there's one that I've walked past several times uh, in this town of Michigan we like to go to sometimes and this in their front yard right by the sidewalk on the fence there is a chain link fence and they've got the the vine growing up and then all these branches all growing out and all these you know, like with time, different you know things grow on that, and uh, we try not to pick it as we walk by or keep the kids from picking it. Because, but it's right on the sidewalk. I think they want people to do that anyway. Um, this is what Jesus is talking about. So when you, I hear vine, I kind of think like trunk of a tree. <laughs> More the image it's in my head, you know. But it wouldn't sound as good if I said you know Jesus says I am the trunk. So we'll stick with with what he said. I'm the vine. You are the branches. Um, all the time in our yard, we have branches that get disconnected from the, the vine, from the tree, you know, that they were growing on. I find them in the yard, I have to pick them up, you know, before I mow. Um, royal pain. Um, but those are branches that, you know, they, they became disconnected, right? Uh, we, know, we know this. This is like common sense stuff. If that branch, if something dies, if the connection that, that connects that branch to that, the rest of that tree, to its source of life, you know, as it sucks up the nutrients from the ground and pulls them up and, and shoots them out into the branches so that it can grow leaves and fruit and flowers and all the rest. If there's something wrong with that connection, that branch is just going to dry up and die. And that's the one you know, like, okay, I better not grab a hold of that branch as I'm climbing the tree because that one's just going to go, <laughs> right? That thing is dead. It has nothing, no life left in it. And when a nice, good wind comes through, it's going to be on the ground and, you know, I'm going to have to haul it out to the curb. Jesus says that's how it is with us. We have the possibility of staying connected to him or the possibility of becoming disconnected from him. And he says, my, my father's the gardener. He, he wants you to be fruitful. He says at the end of that, what did he say? I, I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. I mean, he wants us to live a fruitful life, a life where the, the life of God, the life of Christ flows through us and makes a difference in the world. Right? Fruit is good for, for feeding people. It's not just pretty to look at, but you know, like we're, this is for the benefit of the people around us that we bear this fruit. We're part of Christ's mission in the world. His life is flowing through us. We are living a fruitful, good life that's good for others. And he says this only happens if we remain connected to him, if the life of Christ is alive in us. So remaining in him, remaining connected to him, um, 
I already mentioned a couple of the things that he, he mentions in here uh, as he kind of talks around and comes back to it. What, what did he say back then? Um, how was it? Verse 7? He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, right? So there's some sense that, like, I've got to be listening to what Jesus has to say. We kind of, we're trying to practice that all through that season of Lent, right? Leading up to Easter. You know, with this, accepting this sacred invitation to, to make room in our lives to listen for Jesus, uh, to, to listen for what he's saying to us. I hope that's not just a Lenten thing that, you know, you're all like, whew, okay, that's passed. Now I don't have to worry about listening to Jesus anymore, right? No, we want to continue to listen to what Jesus has to say. Let his words remain in us. It's one reason I'm such a fan of, of occasionally you find that verse that means something to you and you memorize it, right? You stick it in your brain. Uh, if you watch those little daily prayer videos, this last week I tried to get you to memorize John chapter 1, verse 5. Uh, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It's a really simple verse. And it's one that um, I want in my head. I want that echoing in the recesses of my brain as I go through life, Right? Um, there are different verses along the way that speak to you. Go ahead and stick it in your heart, stick it in your mind, write it on a card, do something to help you remember that thing. Memorize that verse so that it can remain in you, so that the word of Christ can continue to shape your thoughts as you go through your day. So you don't just have your little devotional moment in the morning or whenever it is that you squeeze in time to talk to God or listen or whatever, and then just like move on and forget about it. Take that with you somehow. Let his words remain in you. It might be that there'll be something this morning, probably nothing I'll say, probably something that I just read out of scripture, okay? But something that connects with you, something where you feel like, oh yeah, I should, I should pay attention to this one. Boy, Rich, I wish Rich had made the message about that verse because that's the one that's speaking to me. Grab that verse, all right? Circle it, highlight it, write it out on a piece of paper, you know, do something later to, to keep that with you, to let that remain in you the rest of this week. Because if we do this, that transforms our relationship. It keeps us connected to Jesus. And it says there in that verse, it says, you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It says, my heavenly father is going to hear and answer your prayers. We've got to be careful, of course, right? I read that kind of thing and I think, uh, I think of this um, show that my kids just watched yesterday with the, like, the genie and the lamp and all that kind of stuff, right? And we think like, oh, yay, okay, I'm, I'm memorizing your verses. Do what I want, you know. It's not like that, you know. But he is saying we stay connected to Jesus. The life of God flows through us. We're connected to our Heavenly Father in a way that he is changing our hearts. And we're asking for the things that the Father wants. You know, we're doing like Jesus where he submits himself to his Heavenly Father, right? But he's saying, look, our prayers are effective. We're connected with our Heavenly Father. He hears our prayers and we know what he wants. He, he guides us and leads us as we remain in his love, as we remain connected to him. As his word shapes and influences the ways that we think and, and even our desires, as his word shapes our desires, the things that we ask for, the kinds of things that God wants to give. And we bear much fruit, showing ourselves to be his disciples. And then he talks over and over again about remaining in his love, right? Um, that we remain in his love and we do this by keeping his commands, he says. And his command is to love each other. So it's one of those things that just kind of reinforces itself, right? If we remain connected to Jesus, his love changes us so that then we love each other. There's, a, there's an element of this. If it's a command, that means it's not just something that comes naturally, right? You never have to command somebody to do what they're going to do anyway, right? A command, instruction, that always is like, okay, you could not do this, so I'm telling you to do this. Because you, you, it's going to involve a little bit of your will, your, your willpower coming in here, right? 
You're going to have to decide to do this. You're going to have to commit to do this. You're going to have to make yourself do this. Um, now, it will come more naturally to you, you know, to love each other. If the love of Christ has filled your heart, it's going, to, it's going to spill out of you. But the fact that he makes this a command means there's something going on here that it goes against our natural inclinations. All right, we're going to get into this some uh, in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure which order I'm going to take these, these two things in. There's two different things that go along with this, this idea of pruning that, uh, that's mentioned here and this idea that we'll get from Galatians chapter 5 and a little bit about keeping in step with the Spirit um, that we're going to dig into a little more in depth these next couple of weeks. Um, but in Galatians chapter 5 and 6, there's definitely this idea like, look, there's, there's part of you that's pulling yourself to do one thing, this selfish side of you that says, I just want to do whatever I want to do. And there's this other part of you, the Holy Spirit of God, that's, that's drawing you to do something different. And Christ's command, he commands us to love each other. Because he knows there's a part of us that just wants to love ourselves. <laughs> there's a part of us that wants to just let, let them deal with their own problems. Right? I got enough problems. They got their own problems. They, they created that mess themselves. Just let them deal with it. I'm not, I'm not getting into all that. Right? And sometimes they can feel that way. Sometimes we've got plenty to deal with ourselves. But we don't just deal with that so that we can then be like, ha, ah, and now I can just kick back and, and relax. You know, we let God deal with us and help us through our stuff so that then we can turn and, and help somebody else through, through their stuff. So that we can be fruitful. So that we can offer fruit to the world. The, the life of God flowing through us into the lives of others. He says that when we do this, there's joy involved. In verse 11, he says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I mentioned last week, uh, as Jesus was talking about uh, the peace that he gives to his disciples, the risen Christ shows up and says, peace be with you. And he says this to him a couple of times. And I think I mentioned last week that if I've got the peace of Christ, then I can, I can endure some difficulty, right? Because I know things are going to be okay. I'm, my heart is settled. I'm not frantically you know, anxious the whole time. It's like, okay, God, this is hard, but you've given me peace, so I know we're going to get through. Well, joy plays a similar role for us. Um, I think it's in, uh, oh man, I should have looked this one up. Is it Philippians or Hebrews? I'm trying to remember. There's a verse in scripture that talks about Jesus for the joy set before him endured the shame of the cross, uh, or endured the pain of the cross, scorning its shame. Uh, that was the joy that was set before him that, that kind of drew Jesus through and, and, and that he kept his eye on as he moved toward, moved through his time of suffering. Joy can do that same thing for us. Jesus tells his disciples this so that his joy may be in us, so our joy may be complete. And I want joy in my life. You know, that's, that's one of those things I feel like has been a little, in, in a little short supply for this past year, for this whole uh, pandemic season. You know, because there's, there's joy in getting together with others. There's joy in hearing each other's stories and getting to celebrate with others when good things happen. Right? I had, I had one of you sharing with me uh, some good news about a, a, a living situation that's, that's changing, it's opening up for you this coming week. And, um, and when I heard this good news, it was just like, oh man, I'm, I'm excited for you. you know, I, I was feeling some of the joy that you were feeling as you told me this. And you know, that has, that's been in short supply because we've been more disconnected from each other this past year. We haven't been able to, to share these stories as easily or as readily. We haven't been able to celebrate with each other, to encourage each other with these things. He wants our joy to be complete, the joy of Christ to, to be in us. I can only imagine the joy that Jesus must have felt, enduring the suffering that he went through, enduring the cross, going through all of that, rising again, and knowing, I've defeated sin, death, and the devil. I, I can't imagine that, you know? I can't imagine, like, 
you're going to experience freedom and new life because of what I went through for you. I can't, I can't imagine the joy he must have felt knowing that he then now has the, has the opportunity like to offer this to the world. I can't imagine the joy in that. I know the little bit of joy that I feel, like when I look at the, uh, the, the race bib that I got from World Vision of the, the child, Derek, who's going to have clean water because I'm walking in the 6K in a month uh, because of my contribution, like he's going to have clean water in his, in his village, you know, in his community. He's not going to have to walk 6K to, to, you know, haul water home. Like just thinking about the difference that's being made in his life and in his community, the, the, the small part that I got to play, like, that fills me with joy. I can't imagine the joy that Jesus must have felt. But he's saying he wants his joy to be in us and for our joy to be complete. He is the vine. We are the branches. We remain in him. He remains in us. And again, I've got, so I've got the picture of those branches and the, and the tree and all those things, how interconnected they are, right? You know, every now and then I've got to, like, cut back a branch or something like that uh, and a tree and... Uh, you know, you can see just all the fibers growing together. And, and depending on the tree and what season it is, there might be all kinds of sap, you know, bleeding all over you when you do that. It's like, man, this thing was alive, and I just, you know, I just cut into it. You know, there's life flowing through this. And this is what Jesus is saying. There is life that flows into our lives from him. We stay connected to him, and his life flows into us. If we don't stay connected to him, if we decide, you know what, I'm just going to do my own thing, uh, you know what, I know I'm supposed to love, and that's what you commanded me to do, but I just don't have it in me. I'm just not going to do it. Um, I'm going to take a step back. You know, I know I'm supposed to be listening to your word and letting your word transform the way, but you know what, I got other, I got other things to read, other things to listen to, other things have my attention, um, and we neglect that. We get disconnected. The, the life ceases to flow. The fruit starts to shrivel or just not be there at all. That's not what he wants for us. He wants us to remain in him, to live fruitful lives, bringing good to others because he is alive and his life flows through us. Now, um, I mentioned Galatians chapter 5. We're going to go there here in the next couple of weeks. But, um, oh, I should, and I should mention the pruning thing just real quick. Sorry. Uh, um, he does mention in there that like the father prunes or cleans. It's the same Greek word for prune or clean. And so I, can, I imagine you could, you could picture, I just mentioned cutting off a branch, so it's kind of in the back of my head there. Um, you know, sometimes in order for like the plant to be more fruitful, you got to like trim it back, right? People who've done roses, I know I've heard this from people who do like rose bushes, like you got to trim it back so that, so that it can put more life into those blooms that remain. So you, you take off some of those other smaller blooms. Otherwise, you get a whole bunch of like little tiny blooms. But if you, if you prune it back, you get a, a fewer but larger blooms. And same thing with fruit, you know. If you got all that, and that's why our, our trees in our backyard don't give us much good, little, little tiny hard pears and stuff, because most of it, you know, all this energy goes to, to feeding these thousands of pears in this tree. And I'm not kidding, it probably is in the thousands. Um, I've counted them before when I've picked them up, and it's, ugh. Um, and so they all end up just tiny and hard. But if we were to, like, at the right time, go through and somehow, uh, you know, trim that back, prune that back, you know, keep it from trying to feed a thousand pears so that it's only feeding, like, a hundred pears, oh, those would be some pears worth eating then, right? Then it would have a whole lot of life and energy going into those, those pears. And so sometimes there's some pruning that takes place. Sometimes there's some cleaning that has to be done in our lives where the Heavenly Father is going to trim some things back and is going to make room for greater growth, greater fruitfulness, uh, for, for better things in our lives. Because we're not feeding a thousand things. We're just feeding a few. 
But then, yeah, Galatians chapter 5, um, the, the fruit, this is where um, I know I'm jumping around and connecting things that, I don't know, some of you might be like, I don't think those are supposed to be connected. Well, we can talk about that later if you want to. That's fine. Um, Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit that comes from a spirit-led life. When the life of God's Holy Spirit is alive in us, when the Spirit of Christ is living in us, it says this is the kind of fruit that's born. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That these kinds of things show up in the life of somebody who stays connected to Christ. Where the life of Christ, the Spirit of Christ, is alive in us. And uh, we'll talk in the next couple of weeks about how every day we face those decisions. Am I just going to do what I want to do? Or am I going to keep in step with the Spirit? Uh, am I going to do what the Spirit is calling me to do? And if we, if we consistently will follow the Holy Spirit, we see this fruit grow in our lives more and more and more. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of life I want, right? I want a life that's marked by love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Some of those things I find myself sorely lacking, right? Other of those things I like, man, I love it when, I, when that shows up. I want more of it. So I'm going to do my best to stay connected to Christ. That's my encouragement for you this week is to begin to think of yourself this way. All right? To not just think of yourself as some individual who's going through life and, uh, you know, yep, I've made a mess of things. God shows up in Jesus Christ, shines his light in my darkness, cleans up my mess. Whew, good. Now I'm just free to kind of go on and, and live unencumbered by the weight of that guilt and that shame. I, I want us to begin to think of ourselves as connected to Jesus. And he wants to bear fruit in our lives. He, he has good things he wants to bring out in us. And that happens as we stay connected to him. That happens as we keep in step with the Holy Spirit that guides us and leads us every step of the way. I don't want to pick us to picture ourselves as like just individuals out there doing our own thing. Or families out there doing our own thing. Or whatever. I want us to picture ourselves as connected to Christ. As he extends his, his life to others through us. As he reaches out to others with good, life-giving fruit through you, through me, through the words that you say, the life that you live can be the kind of thing that brings to others, that, that fruit doesn't stop with us, that brings to others love, that helps others experience joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. All right. Now, there is a chance for you to give some feedback on this. Uh, we won't, like, pass a mic around this morning, but if you want to jot me a note or you want to go to that livinghope.info slash connect or if you want to leave a comment, if there is some of that fruit of the Spirit that you're like, okay, this is the one for me, I really need more of that in my life. Or this is one that I, I wish I could share with others. I've got people in my life that need more of this. Let me know what that is. We can give a little more attention to that in the next couple of weeks, all right? Um, Unless it's all just evenly distributed and all of you are like, yep, yep, there's, they all voted and they all voted the same. Everybody wants all of these. Um, if there's some aspect of what we just talked about, some aspect of those fruit of the Spirit that you're like, whew, that's the one, uh, Pastor Rich. I, I really need more of that. Let me know. For one thing, I can be praying for you. Uh, but for another thing, as I prepare these next couple of messages, um, we can spend a little more time digging into what that might look like in our lives and how God brings that out in us. Right now, let's bow our heads and let's pray before we sing and celebrate communion and go. Thank you, God. Thank you for the life that you give to us. Uh, boy, we were, 
we were stumbling around as, as kind of the, the walking dead. I mean, we, we just had, had killed everything good in us by our selfishness and by our sin. We were stumbling through the dark, and then, Lord Jesus, you came, and you shined your light into our darkness. You overcame the darkness. You set us free. You, you conquered sin and death and the devil. You took our sin and death, and you gave us your resurrection life. You have given us your Holy Spirit to live in us, to, to change us, to change our thinking, to change our, our living, to change us from the inside out. Would you help us, God, to stay connected to you? Would you help us to submit to the, the, the work that our Heavenly Father needs to do, that gardening work that you want to do in our lives as you clean us, as you prune us? Would you help us to keep in step with your Holy Spirit as you lead us and guide us each and every day? Would you continue to grow your good fruit in us so that we will have valuable, uh, life-giving fruit to share with the world? So that instead of being part of the problem, uh, we can be part of the solution. <laughs> instead of contributing to the mess, we can be those that you work through to, to clean up the mess. That we can be those that, that people can come to us and find your life and your hope and your grace and your goodness flowing through us into their lives. Thank you, God. Thank you for inviting us to be a part of your grand work of redemption, a part of your gracious work in the world. Thank you that we've gotten to receive that from others who opened their lives up to us, who extended to us the, the good fruit of your Holy Spirit who've helped us come to this place where we are putting our trust in you. It might be that for some of us, we're still exploring this whole Christian faith thing. Uh, and we hear this today and we think, well, yeah, I would like that. I would like the, the life of God flowing through me. Yes, please sign me up for that. Thank you, God, that this invitation is open to all of us. No matter who we are, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, no matter where we come from, that you are, you are uh, the expert at taking dirty, rotten, messed up sinners, taking bad trees and making them good, forgiving our sins, washing us, cleansing us, changing us, taking what was dead and making it alive, giving us new life in you. Please, God, today, would you help all of us to experience that grace and that freedom and that new life that you give? whether today's our first time of saying yes to you, or whether, it's been, whether this is just one more day of us saying once more, yes, God, I'm going to continue to trust you. I'm going to continue to let your Holy Spirit work in me. God, I thank you that we have this sacrament of, of Holy Communion that we get to celebrate each and every Sunday as we offer to you these simple gifts of bread and juice. We pray that by your Spirit's presence, that we might meet our crucified and risen Savior here who has met us in reality, who has taken our sin and death and given us his life. God, we offer to you ourselves today. Take our lives, all that we have, the good, the bad, the ugly, we offer ourselves to you and pray that your Holy Spirit would do your transforming work in our lives, in us so that we can be good trees, so that we can bear good fruit, so that your life can be alive in us. Thank you, God, for forgiving our sins today. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit 
Thank you for reminding us that the God who made us loves us and is with us. Thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day. Someday we'll be back to uh, us being able to come forward for communion again and take the bread and dip it and, and, and eat it. We're not quite there yet. It's one of those, other, one of those things that we're looking forward to someday. Until then... Um, here on the tables, you have got, uh, you've got the little cups with the, with the bread and the juice in them. And uh, if you're watching with us online and you would like to celebrate with us, gather some bread, gather some juice, gather some elements, um, because this is our chance to, to sing, to celebrate, to, to be reminded once again of the great love that God has shown us in his son, Jesus Christ. Thank you again, Lord Jesus, for giving your life for us, for enduring uh, the worst that our sin could possibly, uh, could possibly give. You took it. And then in exchange, now you have given us your life. You defeated our sin. You defeated death. You defeated our enemy, the devil. And now we are able to lift our hearts up to you and to give you thanks for the life that you give to us. Thank you for our invitation, for inviting us to be a part of your resurrection life, to, be, to share in your victory. Thank you, God. We're reminded that on the night that Jesus uh, was with his disciples, he, um, the night that he was betrayed to those who would hand him over to Rome and, and when he would be crucified, as he celebrated that Passover meal with his disciples, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, said, this is my body, broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat the bread. Likewise, after the meal, he took the cup, Gave thanks for it. Gave it to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This, this is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. Lord Jesus, just as we have consumed bread and juice, as they enter our bodies and become a part of us, your Holy Spirit, is alive in us and is changing us from the inside out. Help us to stay connected to our Lord Jesus. Help us to keep in step with you, Holy Spirit, so that as you send us out from this place, as we go to, to, to people who need some joy and some hope, to people who are stuck in some dark places, as you send us to them, you send us with your light shining through, with your love overflowing, with your life producing good fruit for us to share. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.